Claire. <laughs> hey, welcome everybody to another fabulous episode of Dr. PPR. I'm your host, Henry Markin. Again, that is Dr. PPR, not Dr. Pepper and certainly not Dr. PP. That would be very strange on Halloween with a bunch of kids trick-or-treating around. We don't want Dr. PP be hosting a show. It's nuts. This is Dr. PPR's and points per reception. And boy, oh God almighty, there's not enough words to describe how I feel about this past weekend of football. I was about to say something else like torture and pain, but no, it's just football. Obviously, it comes from a place of despair with my 49ers taking their third loss in a row. But my fantasy teams have also just, I mean, fucking collapsed as of late. That's tough. I'm giving out all this advice as a doctor. And I got to say, my advice is pretty good. The malpractice is pretty minimal. If I say something during the midweek, there's a chance it's going to happen on the weekend. My bets are hitting, but my teams, they're, they're just, they're just mid, right? And I'm trying to do what it is I'm telling everybody to do. I'm trying to go after the guys that I say to go after. I want to pick up players that I'm saying to go after, and I'm always getting just screwed last minute. Um, but the good news is, uh, most of my leagues, and I'm sure this is a common denominator with all you guys, is this fantasy football season, this NFL season feels odd. It feels like there are a lot of really good and solid teams that are just beating the hell out of each other. And players alike are feeling that on a, on a stat line basis. Like guys are just like constantly rising up and, and shying away. And not on purpose. It's because this year in the NFL, this is this is a strange year. We're seeing crazy calls, crazy upsets, crazy narratives. Um, I really don't think there's a clear favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. You could say the Eagles, fine. They're the number one team in the NFL right now, according to power rankings or whatever you want to use as a measurement, just fine. They are not the clear favorites. Um, just like the fact they're not the clear favorite, I think there's not a clear MVP as it stands right now. I mean, you could make many arguments for different players. I'll say there's one player in fantasy that there's a surefire week in, week out, set it, forget it. You're never going to think twice. The man has no ceiling, Christian McCaffrey, right? From a fantasy standpoint, there is one player who stands above the rest with literally no ceiling and never in a million years would you ever, ever sit him. And then you got the next wave of guys, you know, like the AJ Browns, the Tyreek Hills, the Jamar Chase, the Jalen Hurts, Travis Etienne, Tua, Kelsey. You're going to start them every week. Um, and you're pretty friggin' sure they're going to do what McCaffrey tries to do. You're pretty sure. But there is no one else like McCaffrey. There's the guys that you're you're really sure are going to go off. You know, they're in the 20 to 25 point range a week. Those are the guys I just mentioned. And then there's the guys who are like, okay, they could go off. They're ranked pretty high in PRK. Uh, they could throw you a wrench, eight points, nine points, 10 points. They could also go off for 36. These are the Raheem Mosterts, the Alvin Kamaras. Josh Jacobs, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson's, the Herberts, the Josh Allen's, the Derrick Henry's. You know, they're not completely safe from benching them, but you really, you really wouldn't. 
right? You really shouldn't. They're theoretically going to play every week, but there's always a hint of doubt with these guys. And then there's everybody else with his just a week-to-week crapshoot. Um, seriously, like Tony Pollard. If you drafted Tony Pollard, you probably got him with your first or second pick. There's probably been a couple times this year where you have considered benching him just because you're just confused which Pollard you're going to get, right? Friggin' George Kittle. Uh, an all-pro tight end, by all means elite. I'm sure you've had to bench him once or twice this year just because you're not sure which George Kittle you're going to get. That has no reflection of him as a player whatsoever. He's a Hall of Fame tight end, no doubt in my mind. But that's just the way the season's been rolling. It's a strange season. Everyone's beaten up on each other. And as I said, there's no clear favorite. Seriously, are, are really the Eagles are the favorite? Are, are you are you kidding me with that friggin' wet towel defense? Seems like every time they play the Commanders, who, by the way, are amidst a hilarious identity crisis, it's a friggin' shootout. So I don't know if this is going to work in the playoffs the tush push, by the way, is deemed stoppable. You just put your whole team there. So that's how you do it. Um, we're going to talk about the tush push in a second. It's just uh, a little plot twist on the tush push and why it is only perfected by Jalen Hurts because of what he's able to do in the offseason with his staff and why you can't just friggin' copy and paste the tush push. Kyle Shanahan, Jesus Christ. Uh, but going back to sort of, you know, the 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 league at at scope here, the Bills could snap out of this at any second, and they could literally turn on the the gas and and cook with gas at a moment's notice. Um, I'm going to say Josh Allen is not as elite as we give him credit for. I think, well, I am in the uh, I, I'm in the the uh, the branch of thought that. He had that one really exciting overtime loss. Not win, loss. He looked really exciting playing Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago in overtime. And we've sort of, in many ways, what we did with OBJ is we give these guys too much credit for, you know, one or two moments in their entire career. Okay, obviously, incredible moment by OBJ. Probably the best catch I've ever seen in my life. But did he have to go as high as he did in fantasy every single year? Is he is he really an offense changer? I don't know. Probably not. But we give him credit like he is. Josh Allen um, has yet to figure out how to not throw his body on the line every single fucking play. And as a doctor, I just can't help but think that if he was able to slide or not always go balls to the wall every play and risk his life, he'd probably benefit in the long run, i.e. in the playoffs. I think at some point his body just starts to break down, his accuracy goes down. Maybe maybe it's, it's something in his headspace, concussions. Again, we'll talk about concussions, and we don't know enough about concussions. Um, by the way, the Bengals are back. Uh, yeah, they beat the Niners, but whoever won and lost that game, it has no real uh, merit on the rest of the season as far as like, you know, the other team's done. Those are two teams that are trying to win a Super Bowl. One of those teams had to lose. They'll probably face each other in the Super Bowl. 
Um, Bengals are back though. They're four and three and uh, their defense got a couple of breaks because I believe Purdy was concussed, but let's not, um, let's not discredit Joe Burrow. He had four incompletions Four. guy threw the ball 32 times, 283 yards, four times. He did not complete a pass. That's crazy. That's unbelievable. So Bengals are back. This is kind of what they do. It shocker. Middle of the season, they turn things around, they get hot. I literally told you that a couple weeks ago. Uh Chiefs could turn it on. They could also turn it off. That's they lost to Denver. They had this win streak against Denver. Patrick Mahomes was allegedly playing with the flu. Um n- not gonna hold that against them. Ravens, you know. You've seen what they can do. They could dismantle a team like the Lions. They could also go completely cold against a team like the the Steelers and like literally forget how to catch a football and play volleyball in the end zone. Um, I even mentioned my 49ers, not really, uh, who three weeks ago were looking like the greatest team ever assembled. And now people are questioning Brock Purdy's very existence as a starter. I'm not one of them. I, I don't want you to twist my words. I am very confident in Brock Purdy. I am just very discouraged by the uh, the recent decisions being made by the organization about what to do with Brock Purdy. We'll get into that in a second. The Niners are by no means out of this. In fact, they've never been more fine in their life. This is a bye week. We are fresh off the news of acquiring Chase Young from the Washington Commanders, which happened today. I'm recording, obviously, at night, Halloween night. Um and now the Seahawks are winning the NFC West. That won't last long. Oh, by the way, remember the Jets? Yeah, they're four and three now. And they may just squeak their way into the playoffs and just in time to get Aaron Rodgers to come back and play. Folks, it's literally any given Sunday from here on out. I don't want to hear anything uh, along the lines of, oh, this team is a lock. This bet is a lock. There are no such thing. You could just try your hardest to be right. But there is no locks from here on out. Any given Sunday is what we're rolling with. Okay, let's talk 49ers. Oh, I'm a glass half full kind of a guy, and I'm just going to be the first to say this is uh, these are the ingredients that make for a really fun season. Emotional distress and conflict and worry are, are pillars of a really exciting and satisfying season. One of the most fun seasons I've ever had as a 49ers fan was the season where uh, the Niners effectively limped their way into the playoffs. Jimmy G then won at Lambeau, uh, lost in LA, but in the NFC Championship. But man, that was such a fun playoff, such a fun year. Just because so much adversity they fought through and so much controversy as far as what's going to happen to Jimmy. And then, and then even last year, that was another great season. I mean, you went through... Lance, Jimmy, and then Purdy, and they won that massive win streak. And you were like, "Okay, is this is this going to happen? Are they really going to win the whole thing with Purdy?" And then he got hurt. Tough ending, but you know th- th- these are. It would be very fun, right? If they just waltz through the regular season, not losing a game, not ever having a close game. You kind of want some adversity. You'd rather have it now. Um, what you don't want is self-inflicted wounds, and. Um, I'll just say this as a fictitious doctor and no real coaching experience. I can confidently say that 
Shanahan starting Brock Purdy and the organization clearing Brock Purdy was the stupidest fucking thing the 49ers have done in the last five years. No doubt about it. And that includes drafting Trey Lance as early as they did. Seriously, Brock Purdy should have never played in that Cincinnati Bengals game. Absolutely not. That was the stupidest thing that 49ers have ever done in the last five years. 100%. I could list a multitude of reasons. Uh, But the main reason I'm looking at is what was the point? Right? Why did we do that? Was Was the point because you wanted to win? You wanted to get back on track? Isn't that not why you got Sam Darnold as a backup? Isn't that not why you shipped Trey Lance off because you trusted Purdy and Darnold in the quarterback room? You didn't get Sam Darnold so he could look sweet on the sideline all year and you throw Purdy to the Wolves each week. You got Darnold so should Brock Purdy get hurt or should his elbow come undone like it did in the playoffs last year or should anything happen to the guy because this is the game of football? You have a competent and confident veteran quarterback in there to run Shanahan's offense, which, by the way, a lot of people in the offseason said Darnold looked the best out of everyone there. This is the exact reason you brought Sam Darnold in. Because we're not talking about a strained calf muscle or a hurt finger. We're talking about concussion protocol. We're talking about concussion protocol, folks. The brain is a muscle, which we know frighteningly little about, apparently. Brock Purdy doesn't turn the ball over. So if there was any indication that there was something wrong with him dating back as far as the Minnesota Vikings game, it's the fact that this dude simply doesn't lose the ball. And if he throws two picks late in the game, there could be a reason that something is wrong. The dude's got balls. We know that. He's gritty, but he's also very, very accurate. Well, the fact that he threw back-to-back interceptions in the most recent game against the Bengals amidst a couple other oddball plays, guys, there was no reason to play him. I mean, if there's any proof in this so-called pudding, you could watch a clip of him getting tackled onto the ground and hitting his head, and the first thing he does is grab his helmet in pain, I imagine. That play, by the way, he threw a pick, but it was waved off because of this pass interference tackle. So you really bailed him out only so he could stay out longer to get hurt. I think this was the stupidest thing the Niners have done. You did not need to play Purdy. Because even if you didn't play Purdy, right, you let the guy rest. Because this is a concussion. You don't need to turn him into Tua out there where he's throwing gang symbols and he's, and he's becoming a vegetable the second he falls down again, right? You let his head recover. And you play Sam Darnold because it also closes any surrounding doubt. You have a whole bye week following that. So you give Purdy one week and two weeks off. You also allow the world and your staff to see, okay, is Darnold capable of starting over Purdy? And if he is, then that's a problem you deal with later. But if he goes out there and poops his pants against the Bengals, you know right away, okay, Purdy's the guy. We're not going to ever question him 
the Darnold experiment maybe didn't work, and we'll go with Purdy without any doubt. But now you have this lingering doubt because no one got any definitive answer about Purdy. You played him again, and you probably closely doomed him by doing that. You also don't know what Sam Darnold is capable of, so should a time come when you're worried about Purdy and if he never really improves, you don't know if it's time to bring in Darnold or not because you didn't see him play. So you had an opportunity to do a lot of different things, and if you were to sacrifice a game, which ultimately didn't matter because they friggin' lost, but if you were going to just throw this game anyways, like, hey, it could be a toss-up. If we lose, we lose, whatever. we we got to learn things about ourselves. You failed. So I ask, what was the point in starting Brock Purdy? Was it to win? Because he lost. I I think there were far too many risks out there. As a doctor, I I I just I hated the start. I love Purdy to death. I want him to be the guy. I just thought it was dumb, really really dumb. And for the love of God, any other listeners out there, coaches who are listening, anybody that's listening, use Brock Purdy's injury as an example to never ever assume that you could just replicate the tush push simply because. Jalen Hurts does it really well. You want to know why he does it really well? Because that dude can squat 600 pounds and he's following a Hall of Fame center in Jason Kelsey. And on his right ass cheek, he's got one dude with another guy on his left creating probably close to 2,000 pounds of force. So it's not just 5'11", 23-year-old Brock Purdy who's barely bigger than me. Oh. Boy. All right. Enough about that. Niners are going to be fine. I just wanted to get that off my chest. I, I, I've, I've had that cooped up for almost three days now, and uh, we're going to be just fine. You know, we got Chase Young, which is great. Uh, he was an absolute fleece from Washington, but I, I just want to say don't let the Chase Young acquisition distract you from the fact that the Niners almost pissed away their season and probably got our golden boy hurt. I thought it was really dumb to start Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is the guy going forward. I'm not in favor of starting Darnold over Purdy. I just wish they would have started Darnold over Purdy last week because then we would know for sure what Darnold can do while resting Purdy from his brain injury. Jesus Christ. All right. On to the next topic. Um, okay, guys that you could say goodbye to as far as fantasy-wise. Um, Kirk Cousins got hurt. And it, it's really rough to see all these Vikings players come out and basically in tears, and, you know, talk about how much they love the dude. I never really knew that. I always kind of assumed he was a total nutcase. Not nutcase, but, you know, corn cake, kind of, kind of a you know, vanilla, like you show me. Show me the, you know, show me the script. I'm just a man of simple. T- I don't, I don't know what I thought Kirk Cousins was. I did not realize how much he meant to this team on a personal level. The guys fucking love him, and they're just devastated. Whether they're going to have a good season or not, with or without him, um, they love him. So that's tough. I would say goodbye to all Vikings players. You know, even Justin Jefferson. I wouldn't say he has a whole lot of trade value as of now, but. You got to keep him, obviously, because he's the best receiver there is this year. 
Um, and he's probably still going to get targets with Josh Dobbs now throwing to him, but Dobbs is definitely not Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has had a very good year thus far, and he's making a lot of players, you know, like Jordan Addison, and, um, uh, you know, he's getting Cam Akers involved, and just guys that are just um, KJ, excuse me, I couldn't remember his name, KJ Osborne, he's getting a lot of good touches because that's of Kirk. That's because of Kirk. Um but he's gone now, likely. So I would uh, say goodbye to the Vikings players. Packers are also a team that's fading quickly. If you got a Romeo Dobbs or or a Christian Watson, I would say it's uh, maybe not in your best interest to start him. Aaron Jones, I don't know, maybe say goodbye. It just seems like that offense is turning into a bit of a pumpkin. Um, I would also put a Packers asterisk next to them. Uh, maybe they're a team that's in the mix for Caleb Williams as well. I don't know. It seems like the Jordan love uh, situation is going horrendously wrong. Just goes to show how good Rogers was. Maybe it's uh coach of floor. I don't know, but the Packers are bad and they're slipping. Um, I think we could lift the travel ban from Denver. They're, uh, they're getting hot. I don't know if this will last, but they're certainly exciting or more exciting than they were. So uh, I, I think as far as Judy and, you know, Sutton, um, I think those guys have a little bit more clearance, especially in deeper leagues. I wouldn't say start Russ yet. I need to see a guarantee that he's going to be, well, just not a complete moron out there. Um, Chicago, while Bajan is playing, I would avoid him maybe for road games. Home games may be different. Um, you know, if you have DJ Moore or Darnell Mooney, um, actually, is Darnell Mooney even? I, I did I see that he got hurt? No, he's still he's still around. Um, it may, it's mainly just DJ Moore. You know, you gotta be you gotta be careful because he's so good and he's obviously so talented and capable of having a fifty point game, but not well. Bajan throwing ducks. Arizona, they're an interesting team. So obviously Josh Dobbs is now a Viking. Uh Clayton Toon is the starter now, while Kyler Murray is, you know, taking his time to come back. It should be a couple weeks now. I would say Marquise Brown is a guy I would trade for. You know, get ready to start playing him week to week. He's having a pretty decent year quietly on the Cardinals right now, not very aesthetically pleasing team, but you know, if you're just, if you're into the, the style of gambling of just like, Oh, just, you know, placing it and looking away or not watching it, you'll notice that Marquise Brown is kind of averaging between 15, to 18 points a week, which is, you know, more than Devonte Adams had this week. So, um, I would seek Marquise Brown as someone that you could get a you could get him for not that much because maybe someone isn't thinking outside the box like I am. When Murray gets back, you bet Murray's going to be throwing a lot. Uh, Marquise Brown is a deep threat guy, but he's also just a phenomenal around the end zone and really good coordination. Well, most receivers are. Okay, uh, let's go to the power rankings real quick. Uh, and then we're going to wrap this up because I'm tired. So I guess you could say the Eagles are one. But who knows? They it could very well slip like the Niners did and fall into an abyss. They got to play the Cowboys. They got to 
play the Niners this year, that there's a couple of games where I think it could go either way. They had a great win against the Dolphins, but are the Dolphins really good? I feel like the Dolphins are just good against shitty teams. Chiefs are number two. That game was a whatever. Mahomes had the flu. First time Denver's beat them in, what, like five years? So good to them. Jags are three. That was a really impressive win uh, in Pittsburgh. You know, there's usually the games that Pittsburgh wins, the home dogs. Uh, Pittsburgh was sort of hot. And Jacksonville uh, had a little bit of a test. They had to deal with Pittsburgh's obviously incredible defense. And there was a lot of turnovers in that game. But Jacksonville prevailed. They're getting hot. Um, oh, I want to say this about Mahomes really quick. Go after Chiefs players. It, just like the Jags right now, this is a time of year that Mahomes usually starts cooking with gas. And if it's not Kelsey, it's it's Rashid Rice, it's um, it's Kadarius Tony, it's uh, Marquez Valdez Scanling. Uh, it's, it's an absolute carousel of guys that maybe week to week, but I would load up on Chiefs players because – it's not going to matter who. It's just, you know, Mahomes is going to be dueling. So you may want to play that lottery if, if you're in deeper leagues for sure. So the Jags are getting hot. So are the Chiefs. The Chiefs obviously lost Denver, but it's not my point. Ravens are at four. They moved up over the Niners because, well, the Niners lost. But I, I, I think you got to give that team credit. You know, when they are on, on offense, they are. Tough to beat because their defense is so solid. You know, they got a great defense, and Harbaugh's the man, and he's so gutsy. And I think this is the window is kind of closing, and they know it, you know, with not with Lamar and his talent. They just signed for a big bag, but I'm just saying, sort of the, the, um, oh, I mean, it, it thinks, it's just going to get hard in the next couple of years, and you have a real shot this year. You know, this is the year that the Chargers are flailing, and, uh, you know, the Bengals are not, well, Okay, I'll say this. The Ravens could get a very good seed as of what they're doing right now. And so the window of opportunity probably suits them the best this year. I know they don't have the most talented receiver staff. You know, everyone thought getting OBJ was a huge play, but in reality, it really hasn't been that visible. Um, what I'm trying to say is that you have a real opportunity if you're the, if you're the Ravens here. You could get the – you really could get the first or second seed in the AFC. I mean, it's going to be the Chiefs, Jags, and the Ravens. I think the Bills and the Dolphins are going to show a bit more uh, vulnerability going down the stretch. So you're really just competing against the Chiefs and the Jags. And do I think the Jags have the uh, ability to win the the AFC? I do. I do. I, I think it's going to be close. I think they may host a couple of home games. They may get the one. That it's, it's going to be between those three teams, but not like the seven different teams that we thought before the season started. So... Um, Ravens got a good shot this year. Niners are at five. They'll be just fine. We already talked about them at length. Lions are six. They beat up on the Raiders. So what? All right. You saw what happened when they played the Ravens, an actual good team. Um, I I love this team. and I love the culture there, and I really love their grit. Honestly, the Lions just making the playoffs and – Winning a playoff game, if it's a wild card, you know, if they beat a team like Seattle or, you know, beat like a like an Atlanta or whoever the hell it is, you know, that's a great season. 
considering how far they've come and sort of the laughing stock they started at when Goff first arrived and when Dan Campbell had his first press conference. When the world met Dan Campbell, he's, he's going to eat kneecaps. Yeah, he's been dining on them ever since, and that is those kneecaps are prime rib. Um, but there are six. They're not better than the Niners, and definitely not the Ravens or Jags or Chiefs and Eagles. So Bengals are seven. Burrow had four incompletions in the entire game. That's the scary part. They leapfrogged over the Bills and the Dolphins because, well, we're going to see this week, folks. Bengals, Bills, Sunday Night Football. I bet you it's Bengals by a touchdown at least. Defense is starting to come alive. If Burrow plays like that, holy crap. Good luck. Bills, eight. They could turn it on whenever. Just I just don't know how competent they are. They always let teams kind of come back. So close. So close. These games that they're seems like they're barely winning. They're so stupid down the stretch. I mean, if Chris Godwin didn't have the, I guess, the red zone awareness of a plant on that Hail Mary, uh, the Bucks win that game. At the very least, it hits them. It, it just stays up. It literally hit the ground. B7, miss. Battleship, miss. Bills should not be 5-3. and three. They could very well be 3-5 and five and ready to blow that team up. Dolphins are nine. I already said why. Kind of fraudulent, I think. Seattle's 10. Good showing this year. Geno Smith, good for him, but that's that's their ceiling. They're, don't, don't, don't sit here and try to tell me that Seahawks are going to win the NFC West. No. You know they have to beat the Niners, right? They have to beat them. I don't think they can. And that's my top 10. Okay, let's talk about the king of the dipshits here in the famous tank for Caleb race. Or is it for Caleb? Who knows? Tank for Caleb? Question mark? All right. All right. Very good. Yep. Um. Is it really for Caleb? Yeah, okay. It's obviously going to be for Caleb, but are... Is there a giant rush to go get this guy like there was, say, week one or two? Not anymore. Uh, he's obviously great, and maybe USC's defense is, is god-awful, and they're what's screwing them up. But uh, every week it seems like there's this new thing I see or learn about Caleb Williams. Two weeks ago it was the fact that wherever he gets drafted, he wants partial ownership. This week it's the fact that Boy, he let the Cal Bears give him a game. I know that's defense, but still, come on. This is the type of game you should just rinse them. Anyways, um, if Caleb ends up, you know, pulling this around and, and having a good year, I think the I think the Giants are right now are winning that tank race. Um just because it doesn't I know they just signed Daniel Jones to some ridiculous contract, but you could just as easily shelve that. It seems to me that they're losing competitively, but in the end, that's still tanking. They just they just don't seem to be able to win games. Like they're allergic to winning. Um, whether it's their fault or you know, involuntary, they just can't win. Right? If they can't get a call or they can't make a kick. I mean, that Giants Jets game was horrid. But at the end of the day, they lost. 
Washington commanders are now in the mix. Here's why. That Chase Young trade today made no sense. Like, if he is hurt and, like, hiding, like, cancer or something awful, fuck you, Washington. But that's about the only thing I could think of. Like, you really just traded one of the best pass rushers in the game for a third-round pick? Are, uh, how does that even... How does it even add up? Like, just in terms of the fleece, if you're trying to rebuild, at least give yourself a shot, but a third for him? What the fuck? I, you know, they already got rid of Montez Sweat. You know, uh, it seems to me that maybe they may be in the process of tanking. You know, Howell is good. Maybe they're tanking for someone not named Caleb. I don't know what they're doing, but I don't see it. I think Howell's good. I'm going to throw Washington in the tank for Caleb slash somebody good. They may be tanking for somebody. Maybe it's Marvin Harrison. I don't know who they're tanking for, but they're tanking for somebody, it would seem. Green Bay is definitely in the mix. Um, They suck. Jordan Love is not very good. They just can't score sometimes. They're actually allergic to scoring. Ah, oh, this is tough. Vikings now might be back on this uh, on this race just because they lost Kirk Cousins, and who knows if this is the end of his season slash career. Um, you know, a guy like Caleb Williams playing with Jefferson and Jordan Addison, and you know, KJ Osborne. Maybe they pick up someone in free agency. Cam Akers. Guys, that could be a really electric team. And maybe that's the direction the Minnesota's heading. Maybe this season's already a wash. I mean, you can't... You brought in Josh Dobbs to stay competitive, but for what is why? Is that the plan? And the Bears. I have no idea what to make of them. Uh, it seems like every week they decide to do something different uh, just as far as, like, are we trying? Are we not trying? Are we Are we back? Are we... You know, whatever. But that's it, folks. That's all I got today. Um, oh shit. No, I got it. There's, there's one guy, one guy in waivers. Well, two guys. Uh, Will Levis is great. Obviously, uh, crushed it against Atlanta. I don't know if that's the standard he's going to be setting. A lot had to come into that. They're playing Atlanta, who I don't think is very good. They had the throwback unis, which is cool. It was a home game this week. It's a short week. They're playing Pittsburgh. Mm. I don't know if it's worth a start, worth a pickup if you can. Um, definitely try and pick them up. You know, that that offense may be back, and I still think that division is is it's not wide open, you know, but yeah, the Jags should have control of it, but it, it they could beat up on each other, and which could allow them to uh, squeeze their way into the playoffs. Uh, so I, I would recommend go after Levis. But another guy that I think you should get is uh, David Joku, the Cleveland Browns tight end. This is a guy who seems to be making a lot of plays, no matter who's throwing to him. And I don't know why, but I've seen him on the waivers a lot recently. Just get him. Excuse me. Oh, my God. That was a yawn. Excuse me. It's tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. It's late. Uh, that's all I got. 
for uh, Dr. PPR today. Folks, it's been uh, just a delight. I uh, I will see you sometime this week. I'm going to do another little show, pop-up show near the end of the week. Uh, but uh, those are my uh, those are my two cents today from the doctor. Remember, folks, get plenty of rest, eat your vegetables, and always listen to your doctor. We will see you soon. 